0: Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. We thank God for this morning. I want to talk about the Bible, God's Word. All right. I want to talk about the Bible, God's Word. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. And Bible talks about how in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and God said, let there be light, and there was. In the verse three, in the verse six, God said, verse nine, God said, verse 11, God said, verse 14, God said, verse 19, God said, verse 21, God said, verse 24, God said, verse 26, God said, verse um, 29, God said. So everything God made, he made by speaking. Everything that exists in Hebrew chapter, 11 verse 3 it says that for by faith we understand that the wells were framed by what by what let's read it from the screen let's go by, faith the the were by the word of god so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible all right so you can't see a word you can't see a word but the word is behind everything you see all right, so he says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So everything God did, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything he created, he created by his word. It's so important. And then um, when you read Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Talk, talk, just actually talking about Jesus it says that he is the effulgence the express image of God's glory Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person God's person so if you want to know how God looks like you just have to look at Jesus Christ right? Jesus is, was the express in his human life he was the express image of God's glory the Bible says that the express image of God's person he was the effulgence. One translation is the word effulgence. In the New King James, says that being the brightness of his glory. Now the sun has got rays. You can actually look at the sun, but you can see the rays if you look at it, keep looking at the sun, you harm yourself. But usually with naked eye, we see the rays of the sun. Like the way some of the, the beams of these lights, when they are thrown and there's a bit of haze, you can see the rays. So it tells you the direction of the, the light. It tells you the color of the light. It tells you whatever, uh, the intensity of the light. In the same way, Jesus Christ is the effulgence or the the radiance of God's glory, all right? He's the effulgence, the, the brightness, the radiance of the glory of God. And he says that he's a very the very image, the express. He used the word express. Um, that's, the King James says that he's an express image. Now, express, express image is the exact. If you want to know that, the fastest, the exact, because Nothing watch this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Nothing created can capture the totality of the creator. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's true. All right. So you can't have anything in the created form to exhibit the totality of the creator. Wow. Yeah. Because the creator is so is so grand, is above. That is why theologians talk talk about how God He created us in His image. And so for us to have a communication with God, there must be some grounds, common grounds. Other than that, if God is totally, they use this word, utterly dissimilar, mm. if, it's God is completely, if God is completely dissimilar, then there can't be any reference point between us and God for us to communicate with God. Yeah. Am, I, am I making sense here? So. In, in a sense, God created us in, in His image and His likeness. And so there are elements of creation that point to God. Creation cannot in totality encapsulate or capture God. That is why it is absurd, it's naive, it's unintelligent for any human being to assume he can research God and find Him. Because even the definition of God tells you that it's beyond human comprehension. So how well can you train yourself? How well can you train your dog to give birth to a human being? It's it's absurd. It it can't happen. All right. So it's the same way. It doesn't matter how well educated you are. Have you seen anyone who is a master of everything? Even he created things you are not a master of. You can't be a master of, yeah, you can't be a professor of science, uh, of, of of medicine, professor of chemistry, professor of law. You, you can't. So when a professor has a problem, a he just goes to look for a lawyer. Even though he's a medical professor. Yes. He has to go and look for a lawyer who can help him here, help me out here, somebody. So that tells you how restricted, that tells you how, def- even lawyers have so many restrictions. Diablo, they are experts in a particular law, company law, and other experts in uh, maybe litigation, family law, and some are even immigration law, and things like that. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you, you can't, human beings are so restricted. Bible says one of the attributes of God, immediate attributes, early attributes of God, is that He's omniscient. He knows everything. Right. So then that's why it's absurd for any human being to assume he can have a comprehensive understanding of God. None of us can. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I have a lot to tell you, but you can't bear it. No, you can't handle it. <laughs> you can't handle it. I mean, when the Spirit of truth, He can lead you, He can guide you as you go, but you can't he can have everything. Because the fact that you are mortal tells you you are finite, tells you you are limited, tells you that your capabilities are not transcendent. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah! So Christ, Jesus Christ, he is what just. All, this is all coming on the, on the back of express image. He is the express expression of God the Father. So long as creation is concerned. The best thing that reflects God, his person, is Christ. Accurately, expressly. So if I take my my thumb and I dip it in an ink and I print it on a paper, it's to be an express image, not my thumb, but express. If you want to know everything about my thumb, you can see it on the paper, thumbprint. That's why Jesus... So in John chapter 14, from um, verse 8 there, the disciples, they said... Sir, you know what? All these things you are talking about, Philip said, Sir, you just just show us the father, and that's sufficient. <laughs> just show us the father, and that's enough for us. Yes. He said, I've been, have I been with you all this while? And you don't know. He didn't say you don't know that, and you don't know me. Have I been with you all this and yet you have not known me? Then he went on to say that, ah, Philip, he said, Philip, you have been with me all this while and you don't know me, Philip. has seen me has actually seen the father so stop saying show us the father and it will be sufficient i, I am here i am here <laughs> hallelujah so jesus christ is the express image of god all right let's go back actually that's not part of what i'm teaching you <laughs> hebrew chapter uh, 1 verse 3 it's chapter 1, verse 3. I was trying to explain something from there. Expressive image of his person that, uh, uh, and upholding all things by what? The way of his power. Right? So everything is upheld by God's word. Everything was created and was upheld by God's word. So it's very important to understand that the word of God plays or understand the centrality of God's word in the universe. Because it says that we understand that by faith, it takes faith to understand, all right? We understand, what I just say? It takes faith to understand. Say so it takes faith to understand. It takes faith to understand. If you want to doubt, there will always be a reason to doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Say, actually, you can easily doubt some things, but I think it, it enters into the realm, realm of stupidity and foolishness to doubt the existence of God. The Bible says that it is foolish. The fool said in his heart, there is no God. There no is no God. Because the evidences that are showing, pointing to God, are so glaring, so, so obvious, that it would take a higher level of stupidity to it's deny it. Yeah. So it's, it's foolishness. It's to say that, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. Right. It's Pastor David in this building. You must be very deluded to say he's not here. As you are seated here. You say he's not here. Where again is, is he? Do you understand? So it's very important to understand. The Bible says that by faith we understand that the worlds, not the world, the worlds, the worlds, the universe, the galaxies, everything that be, the worlds, Hebrews 11:3. by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God to things that exist Things that are seen were not made of things which are visible. Praise God. So on the back of that, we go to, so all I started by saying is that God creates by speaking. He creates by his word. All right, let's all say by his word. By his word. I'm talking about the Bible, God's word. Now, the centrality of God's word is the sub-topic for today. If you, you can, you can call it like that. The three verse one of Genesis He said, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, he said to who? The woman. He said to who? The woman. <laughs> he said to the woman. hallelujah praise God so he said to the woman has God said has God indeed has God indeed said "You, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which in the midst of the garden God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. All right. Then the devil said, the, 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 Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows, that, God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. The first question ever recorded in history. The first question ever recorded in history was to to challenge and doubt the integrity of God's word. So it's not new. It's an ancient, it's primordial. The first question ever in history was, has God said, did God say? That was the first question ever. The devil has been around. But the first thing he had to say the earliest thing the devil had to say was to challenge God's word is it, is it, does it surprise you how people are trying to attack God's word from every angle in a modern day it's always been like that that's the devil's hobby because Jesus said, "Sanctify them by your word." John chapter seventeen, verse seventeen. Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. All right. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Them Please. Are you tired or hungry? Read it out loud. Let's go. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That's Jesus' prayer. He said, so it takes God's word to get you sanctified. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, one of the days, I think last two weeks or so, I was, when I was teaching about um, working with God or so, and, uh, I was teaching about how, um, the title was know how to deal with sin, but one of the things I was talking, last two weeks or so, and I spoke about how it doesn't take willpower not to sing. Or it doesn't take just bear, bear, Willpower, not to sin. In order not to sin. Mm-hmm. It takes more than just willpower. Yes. Willpower is, in, is necessary, but it's not enough. It's not sufficient. There's actually something that is stronger than the willpower. Yeah. Right. It takes word power in your heart. Yes. Word, God's word in you is what can keep you away from sin. It's just it's just like vitamins. One of the five a days, <laughs> take it and it keeps you, it helps you. One of the statements I made recently was when a, a, a Christian walking in sin is a reflection of a Christian who is not building his spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily a reflection of a hypocrite, it's a reflection of a Christian who is not building his, am I speaking the truth to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. There are so many people here, most of you are listening to me, who genuine uh, Christians, and you find yourself in one sin or the other, and you hate it. Am I speaking the truth? You hate it, but you find yourself back there again. And then you vow, never, me, never, ah, never again, never again, two hours later, there again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so what I'm saying is that it takes God's word in your spirit, and I found out that, your word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. And then, you know what I saw even profoundly, more profoundly, in Psalm, the same Psalm one one nine, verse nine. He said, "How can a young man cleanse his? How can a young man cleanse his ways? See, don't don't try and do reflexology. it's not your the problem is not. I'm telling you, the problem is not what we think. The problem is. We are nithering around it, going around it, circumventing it, and not dealing with the real issue. The real issue of sin is worthlessness. The word of God. He said sanctified. I can't wait to start on sanctification. Because we are justified by faith. But we are sanctified. Sanctified by your truth. Your word is truth. So the farther you stay away from God's word, the more Satan will get you. The more every plan Satan has against you, it doesn't matter how born again you are. Every plan has, that Satan has got in, in place for you gets easily fulfilled when you are outside of God's word. Because it's, it's a spiritual thing. So you don't read your Bible because a pastor said you should read it. no. You read your Bible because the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone. But So if you are not reading it, you are dying. You are dying softly. You are, you are sleepwalking into an abyss. <laughs> you, are, you are sleepwalking, thinking... He said in the book of Psalm 119, verse 19. Look at it. Psalm 119, verse 19. What does it say? I'm a stranger where? Do you know the earth, this earth very well? All, the, all you know is just where you live and where you'll be traveling. To. That's all. No, you don't know. No. You are a complete stranger. You are complete, tell someone, you are com, I'm a complete stranger. I am a complete stranger. Those of you who live in Southwest London, Southeast London, Croydon, some places, you, you don't know all that. Even just that place. Yeah. You don't know the names of the streets, let alone where... You think, oh, I'm a, I used to be a cab driver, I know every corner. You don't. You don't. We are, we are all strangers and very, very strangers. <laughs> we are strangers. He says that I am a stranger on the earth. The only way you can make your way forward is the sad most of us about your financial life, your childcare, your marriage, your, your your future, your ministry. That's what you are in life. You need God's word to help you navigate through the meandering roads of life. <laughs> Remember, he says one verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So anyone who tells you you don't need the word, oh, this is someone's idea, is the devil is speaking to the person very clearly, in a very articulate way, unambiguously speaking to you. Yeah. Because the devil's number one assignment is to attack God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because if you can get God's word out of your life, he's finished with you doesn't matter how much you can pray and fast. It oh. doesn't matter how, how much you can scream. It doesn't matter. Some of us have wonderful, very nice certificates, which even the certificate alone commands attention. It's very nice. But what has it done for you? So what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you can get all those certificates but still be a pauper and not get a job, especially if you are dealing with major issues in your life. What, what, what kind of makeup you have invested in? You are more, more, like, more than an investment banker. All kinds of makeup, all kinds, no, even the ones you don't use, they are the ones that some people who look posh are now beginning to discover. Those ones you've gone past, there a long, long time ago, and they are some way, you have every time, and still, sister, no brother. <laughs> No, that tells you that something is wrong. Something is wrong. And you are you are treading in dangerous grounds and you are missing. You are in the woods without light. Full of foxes and wolves and all kinds of beasts waiting to pound on you and make you a victim of life and make you one of their trophies. and look at this one. They use you as a point of going to tell others if you dare, we will make you like that one. The devil is a liar. Not like someone who has got the word. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've got the word, you've got life. So discipline yourself to go for the word. Some of us are disciplining ourselves to exercise. It's good. Disciplining ourselves to cut down our diet is good. But how about your eating? You are not eating something. Satan came. The first thing he said, has God said? Uh, You should not eat this. Has God said? And he actually twisted it. Look at it again. Oh, man. Is someone getting something? Genesis chapter 1. Don't forget Genesis chapter 3. That's where all the problems started. Oh yeah. That's where it started. Food. It started with food. (laughs) Hallelujah. Before then, let's go to chapter 2. Let's look at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded and the Lord God commanded the man saying, oh, verse 16 of Genesis chapter 2, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Of what? How many? Take notice of that, okay. What did God tell him? Okay. Of every tree you may freely eat, all right? Of every tree of the garden you may, verse 17, But of the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the, in the day that you eat, what will happen? You shall surely die. Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, Verse verse 1, Satan came and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Is that what God said? Did you notice that? He didn't say you shouldn't eat of every tree of the garden. So you see what the the devil asked him? Satan asked, Did he say you shouldn't eat of every tree? Every tree. The serpent, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God said that? What did God say? Look at the verse. Verse verse 16 on chapter 2. Verse 16 says that, Of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Ah, he said, of every tree, you may freely eat. Now, Satan comes and said, Has God indeed said, Of every tree of the garden, you should not eat? He said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. God didn't say that. He actually said, Of every tree, you may freely eat. You got to know your word. Yeah. Yeah. And look, let's see what the woman said. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Let's go to two, verse sixteen again. Chapter two, verse sixteen. Let's read it out together. Let's go. And the Lord the Okay, that's what God said. What did the woman say? Verse two of chapter three. You may eat the fruit of the trees. He didn't say the fruit. God said eat the trees. Of every tree. He said, of the fruit. <laughs> so she had she had, she added something. Yeah. Okay. Great, great she added something. And then go to the next verse. She added something. He said, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor Eat it. No, shall you touch it? Lest you die. Did God say that? Go to verse two again. Go to verse two. No, verse two. We may eat. We may no, no, We may eat the fruit of. Uh, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. All right. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden she omitted something. And then the next one, she went on to say that we may not eat this particular one, nor touch. But God did not say don't touch, verse 17 of chapter two. God didn't say don't touch. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the very day you eat, you shall surely die. Where did the touching come from? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, I like that. She's making the story sensational tantalizing, And you know that that's what most of us like, when the preachers have to make, make it sensational, add something, subtract something, embellish it, and you know, uh, uh, um, collide. make it very powerful. And now with this we are having it in all even uh, some other translations of the Bible. Some of the translations are not actually true to God's word. Right? And I have a problem. I have a problem when I see um, preachers constantly staying on certain tra- translations. Because it's very simple for everybody to understand. Because they are trying to make these translations adaptable to the cultures we are in. So the cal- what, why must the culture tell us what God cannot say? Now the culture is beginning to tell us what God cannot say. God. And what God should say and what he shouldn't say. If he says something, we, are, we don't accept it. It's not culturally relevant. Most of us cannot be bold enough to stand and say, this is God, God. why am I doing this? Because God's word is saying it. But you know the problem? There's the problem where we don't maybe we don't see something the way we think, and generally, so it begins to water it down, but God can't really mean this. For instance, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So then, but God can't mean that everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ is going to perish. You are you are talking like the devil. Oh, um, they just shall live by faith oh so are you really do be god really thinks that God's really saying that i mean if i don't leave, what is the word saying that leave the word the way it is and let your let god be true and every man a liar sometimes we want to interpret god's word based on our experiences so because this is my experience, uh, uh, two years ago, my little brother was, was very sick, and we prayed and prayed. My father was a preacher, every time going to church, and every time we prayed and prayed, he actually was a healer. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and, prayed and my brother died. So, so in that a situation like this, we can't really say that, you know, faith always will deliver. Because, ah, Jesus said, be your Jew according to your faith. Yes. A man shall live by faith. Now, why is it that your situation now suddenly that particular scripture becomes nullified because it cannot mean what he's trying to say? The scripture means what he says, and the basic message of the scripture is unambiguous. That's right. This is very important. Other than that, you see, we'll begin to fall into mixing God's word, trying to um, um, change God's word, and then beginning to say that Satan actually, Satan is a figment of someone's imagination. F- Satan is, is a mythological creature. So he doesn't, Bible says, well, Verse three, se- Satan, the devil, the serpent was one, and Satan came in the name of the, like the serpent. He came disguised, and the, Eve should have questioned why the serpent was talking to her. <laughs> I believe, I believe that the garden, that garden looked like a shopping mall. (laughs) That's just a joke. Did you understand what I'm trying? It's it's important. That's why I've taken upon myself by the inspiration of God to teach on God's word, the Bible. The Bible. this, This whole thing, Bible. What is this Bible about? What role does it play in our life? Today I just wanted to talk about the centrality of God's word. God's word is so central. I mean, how can there be a church without a church operating without making God's word central? And there are other ideas, for instance, oh, but why does the church exist? Let's go to the document and find out why the church exists. It doesn't matter what popular opinion wants us to be doing. What does the document say we are? Who are we and what are we supposed to be doing? Pastor, what are we and what are we supposed to do? What's the job of a pastor? Go to the scriptures. Why do we do praise and worship? Go to the scriptures. Why do we fast? Go to the scriptures. Why do we do what we are doing? Go to the scriptures. If you can't find it out of the scripture, you might as well check it out. Because it's not Christ. That's right. Hallelujah. It's about time someone boldly says, This is my Bible. God speaks to me through his word. In John chapter 10, verse 35 says, And the scriptures cannot be broken. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. And so, every leader who has been through training in this church knows you don't stand before two or three people in this church whether in the church setting or outside the church, without making reference to God's word said. That's, that's the authority. School of ministry, I can't wait to go on there. A pastor without God's word in your mouth, you don't have authority. No, read your Bible. It says that let all the elders be counted double of worthy, worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and uh, doctrine. Not those who are praying for people. No, no. Labor in the word and doctrine. Yep. What is, what is, what's the worth of a pastor who can't be studying his word? You have become worthless spiritually. Doesn't matter the, 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 the price of your suit. As we have reduced this whole work into the um, image, the word of God in your mouth is what gives you spiritual credibility. Both as a pastor or an ordinary, genuine, uh, normal Christian. Yes. If you don't have the word in your mouth, you are toothless, paper tiger. Empty, thank you. Empty, 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 the word. First of all, it goes into your heart. Then it's issued out of your mouth. That's what gives you your rating. God bless you. Faith comes by hearing of that. So what, 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 what kind of thing are you operating on you, you don't have the word? your Bible in the tube. Read it. Yes. Yes. Read it. If someone can have the audacity to be dressed in certain ways and they, they, they even think that everyone is, is wrong yeah. and you can't read your some people will be reading all kinds of things on the yeah. tube. Oh, you know what? My time is up. I think we should end here. I oh, will continue. Yeah. did you receive something come on put your hands together for Jesus hallelujah thank you for listening for more resources please visit charis.org or call us on 0207 740 9960 God bless you